0: So, please join me on this journey of learning, self growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Hot Podcast. This is episode 360 for the 23rd of Cheshvan in a leap year. Think about the people in your life for a second. Think about your family, your friends, your loved ones. And think about the person who you would consider to be the most generous. So hopefully you can think of at least one person like this. So focus on one of them. Maybe this person is always there for you emotionally. Maybe every time you make a Shabbos meal, they always uh, offer to help, always offer to bring something. Uh, Maybe on your birthday, they always make sure to either take you out to eat, get you a present or write you a nice card, call you up, you know, something like that so let's take that example of the birthday you know let's say this is a friend that you've had for for 20 years let's say and every single year they always make an effort to get you a really nice present and write you a really nice card and maybe take you out to eat this is like a super generous person we're thinking about here right now what if all of a sudden out of the blue this same friends your birthday came around and they didn't even acknowledge it what if like they didn't even call you up to say happy birthday or what if they did? What if they just like, you know, they sent you like a nice like an email, a quick little email like happy birthday, but no present, no card, no taking you out to eat or whatever. And as far as you knew, you were still in their good graces. You guys didn't have a fight. Um, you know, as far as you knew, there wasn't it's not like this person went through like a major life change or something like that. So, what's going on? What you'd notice this, right? You'd notice that the person definitely acted different towards you in this birthday um and it might feel a little hurtful right um versus let's say you have another friend who is a good friend and it's there's nothing wrong with your friendship but they never did this before they never took you out to eat they never um he bought you a fancy present for your birthday or anything like that when your birthday comes around and you get that same email message from them just with a brief little happy birthday you're not going to be as insulted right or you're probably not going to be as insulted at, at all because that's you have different expectations of these different friends right right? Somebody who gives to you often and always, there's a certain, you build up a certain standard with that. And this is true for so many areas of life. This is true for ourselves as well, that when we, um, you know, we we all have standards in terms of how we dress, in terms of uh, how much money we make, in terms of what type of car we have, you know, things like that. And uh, once you have a certain standard, like there's a certain, maybe in the negative sense, there's actually um, studies that have shown that the richer people get the more they want. Because certain things that have become kind of like just um, necessities that in the past would have that like, like when you have, a you know, we all have like baseline necessities. And then we have things that we think of as luxuries. But the richer people get those luxuries become necessities. An example that comes to mind for myself is manicures is getting manicures. This is something I do on a regular basis. And living in New York, many of my friends do this as well. It's a every other week occurrence for some of my friends it's a weekly occurrence some people monthly occurrence but it's pretty regular and was interesting to notice over the pandemic over covid when everybody was locked down is it went from being, it really made me realize that it's actually not a necessity, it's actually a luxury. And even after the pandemic was over, and once things started opening up again, even though now I am back to my regular manicure schedule, it did kind of make me realize, it put it in perspective that, you know, well, for me, this has become a necessity. For many other people, this is considered a luxury. So it it is really all relative. But at the same time, once you have a standard, uh, we're very... Quick to ad- adopt to that standard, and that becomes the regular. That, that becomes the habit. We see this in our gosh, life, in our materialistic life. It's very easy to see that. But what we're, we're going to be learning about today is this should be true in our spiritual lives as well. If you have are the type of person that that prays at three times a day, and let's say, you know, you're a man and you go to show every single day at the same time. If you don't show up for show one day, like that's a big deal. If you've been going there for uh, for a long time versus somebody who kind of show, goes in and out, shows up once in a while, you know, that's the, it's like, if they don't show up one day, it's, it's not like, Nobody will be so surprised but somebody who's a regular that's going to be noticed and in particular the focus of what we're going to be focusing on today is the giving of charity and how what the altar rep is going to teach us and we're going to be learning an entire epistle today is that if you are accustomed to giving a certain amount of charity and to give charity in certain increments at the same time because as we've learned it's not only the quantity that matters but it's actually the uh, the consistency of giving charity on a daily basis on a regular basis basis so if you have a certain standard in this that you standardly give every day um, every week whatever it is $100 a week $10 a day you know uh, 18 cents a day whatever your standard is uh, if you diminish from that God takes notice and this is not a good thing you should maintain your standard just like we maintain our standard in terms of dress, in terms of manicures, whatever it is. Uh, even if sometimes, you know, like I've experienced this, even if like, let's say there's a time period when I'm not making as much money, my manicures are still going to be there. I'm going to find a way to make those manicures work, you know? And so that's, the same mentality that we should have when it comes to stucca that even when we aren't necessarily making a lot of money and this has come up before in the tanya as well where the question comes up like what if you're poor what if you literally don't have enough money for food do you still give charity and the answer is yes yes you should still give charity even if you need to borrow money in order to eat you still have to give charity and you still should maintain your same level of giving charity to as much of an extent as you can. So that is the focus of today's Tanya. And as mentioned, we're going to be learning an entire epistle. This is Epistle 30. And it's going to get into a little bit of a mystical kind of uh, understanding of these things, of, of why it is so important to give charity. And that the two aspects of giving charity is the aspect of giving it regularly, like sort of um, on an, um, like it should be a frequent occurrence. And then there's the aspect of giving charity in terms of the amount that it should be, you should be giving a good amount of charity and the qu- the quantity does matter. So the ultra rabbi begins this epistle by um, citing a teaching from the Gemara in Masachet Barachos page 6b, where it teaches that anybody who is accustomed to going to shul every single day, and then one day he doesn't show up, then God takes notice and God asks about him who amongst you fears God, etc.? So this is an excerpt from a citation from Yeshayahu, uh, which which is an allusion to somebody walking in darkness. So basically, the idea is is that Hashem notices if somebody is uh, regular at shul and goes there day after day after day, and then suddenly doesn't show up then Hashem takes notice of that and he see, and this is somebody, he, he because Hashem knows what's going on in everybody's minds, he knows that this isn't somebody who just like an emergency situation came up or they were involved in doing a mitzvah and that's why they couldn't come to Shul. But actually they were involved in something dark. They were in a dark place. And so... So for that, Hashem takes notice of somebody like that. And it's like, why weren't you in Shul? And then the ultra goes on, and he says that this is actually true of all the mitzvahs, not only the mitzvah of you know showing up for Shul, but all mitzvahs, Hashem takes notice if a person stops doing this mitzvah, and they were accustomed to doing this mitzvah, and especially when it comes to the mitzvah of staka, which as we've learned, is equal to all of the other mitzvahs, right? We learned about this idea that we call staka um, ha mitzvah, the mitzvah, it's a, it's a very essential mitzvah. Even if, and this is the thing, even if a person doesn't make a vow, so it's very important, uh, it's a, kind of a Jewish precept, is that we make sure to be really careful not to make vows. Because vows have a very serious importance in Judaism. So you'll often hear religious Jews say, Bli you know, I'm going to go, I'll do this tomorrow. Bli nader. Bli nader means without a vow. So when a person gives tzaka, if they commit to giving a certain amount of tzaka every day, they should always say, you know, without a vow, I'm not vowing to give this amount of tzaka. It's just something I'm doing right now. But the Ultra Rebbe is saying that even if they didn't make a vow, then even still, any person, which the Ultra Rebbe refers to, is uh, is a man of valor, uh, a chayl, a man of valor, then um, who has the fear of God in their heart, uh, they should make sure not to diminish in terms of holiness, that which they have become accustomed to year after year after year. So, uh, so to give, so even if a person didn't make a, they didn't make an official thing every year, I'm going to give this amount. If every year they gave that, uh, that amount, then they really should hold themselves up to that standard. And this amount is, um, has being given, who are they giving this to? They're giving to, to people who really need it. So at this time, when the altar was writing it, as he did in many other places in the Tanya, if you've noticed, it was towards people in the land of Israel, Jews in the land of Israel that were really, 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 really poor. Uh, and so these Jews in the land of Israel, this is uh, this is who the altar is referring to, is that if, if a person has been giving year after year after year, they shouldn't diminish in this. They should continue to give in this way and by giving to these jews in the land of israel uh basically we're uniting with our fellow jew uh and um and we're lifting them up and so now the altar we hear sites uh from pirke avos from chapter three, Mishnah 15, where it says, everything is according to the multiplicity of the action and according to the cheshbon, according to the accounting. So he's gonna explain what this means. So uh, so basically, just to give kind of an intro into what's coming up now, the Altarp is going to really talk about this idea that there's two aspects to this giving of the tzedakah and to maintaining your standard in giving the tzedakah. One is giving in the same consistent way that you have been before, like in terms of um you know in a habitual way and the second is in terms of the actual quantity of the staka so um so the first one is we're going to talk about this idea of the consistency like giving like a, like there's an idea that uh, it's better to give like if you have a certain sum of staka that you want to give instead of giving it in one lump sum it's actually better to give it over time uh spread out because you want it to be a habit so and then uh we see that in Baba Basra, in the Gemara, it says, mm-hmm. that every little coin, every individual coin adds up to a great amount. Um, and so, so now to um, to understand this idea of the, the the advantage, the value of giving in small amounts and over time, the ultra of brings a teaching from the Zohar on a Pasuk in Tehillim. So the Pasuk in Tehillim is from uh, Tehillim, chapter 48, verse two, where it says, God is great and very much praised in the city of our God, the mount of his sanctuary. So the city of our God, that's what we're going to be focusing on here. So God is great in the city of our God. So uh, according to the Zohar, the Zohar explains that a city, what is a city? A city is a place of multiplicity. A city is a place, uh, it's a its a place, and it's a place where accounting happens. Like there's a lot of business that happens in a city, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and this is why, according to Kabbalah, uh, the city of the King is actually an allusion to Malchus of Atzilus. So it's an allusion to this level of Malchus, which is the multiplicity. It's where the the origin of the creation of the world comes in. And um, also another citation. This time is from Shir Hashirim, chapter seven, verse five. Brachot Your eyes are wells in Cheshbon. So there's this idea of like there's a connection between wells and accounting why because wells is like this flow downwards so it's um so it's so it's like this downward flow of the malchus again into this multiplicity uh and so what happens now is that so bringing it making it practical when we give staka this is a form of esarusa de la tata this is a form of an arousal from below which draws down life and chasad and and kindness like giving um from god from the rotten of god in a way, with a several with a friendly countenance, in a way of an arousal from above. So our arousal from below elicits an arousal from above, from God. So when we like give in a multiplicity, in and uh, with this multiplicity, then God um, brings it as well. And it says that God will make His countenance shine forth, and this will bring down the chen and chasad and the grace, kindness, and super- and uh, supernal will from the. The life of all life, which is God, uh, which is something that is beyond our understanding, uh, in into the level of which is the revealed world, the malchus So basically, so this just to break that down for you guys a little bit. So basically, what, what we're saying is that because this multiplicity of giving is associated with the city of accounting, which, as we know, kabbalistically means this level of malchus when we give. In this way of multiplicity, like giving often and frequently, this this arouses God's um, attribute of Malchus, which is associated with this like multiplicity of giving kind of thing. And this level of the Malchus of Atzilis, this is what vivifies all of creations and all of the chambers of creations, whether the higher levels or the lower levels, that are all in uh, in terms of numbers. Like this, these are all like this. This is what's amazing about uh, Malchus. The the miracle of malchus because really ultimately god is beyond numbers god is infinite that's not something you can count right but then when it comes to all the worlds which come about through the level of malchus it's very numerical there's thousands upon thousands of ministers for god so there's like there, it allows for this level of multiplicity. That's what Cheshbon, that's what Malchus does. Now, so that's one aspect, is this idea of multiplicity. Then we have the idea of the actual quantity, and this comes about in the Cheshbon Gadol. It's specifically in a, a great accounting. So, and this is associated, interestingly, with the idea of peace, where it says ma'asat sataka shalom, that the action of staka is peace. What does this mean? So what is shalom? Shalom, peace, is something that, that combines two opposites. That's what peace is, right? So so what are, what? In spiritually speaking, what does this mean? The combination of two opposites. This is the um, one opposite is the heavens above, uh, which is the idea of *ligdulato* and *cheker* that His greatness is unfathomable. And then the other extreme is the inferior heaven, the lower heaven that gets vested with, which is the *malchus*, right? That gets vested in the lower worlds of Bria, *itzir*, and *esia* in a way of limitation and in a way of numbers. And the ultra it concludes that this is. Sufficient sufficient for the understanding. So it's sort of a little bit of a cryptic note at the end there, kind of saying that like, you know, there's it's kind of hinting at the fact that there's a lot more to this than what the ultra orbit is saying here. But that's the basic idea. So the basic idea is just to bring it back. Uh, don't diminish your standards. So just like you have standards of dress, of you know, uh, lifestyle, restaurants, you know, whatever it is that your standards of living are, you should keep these same standards when it comes to your giving of tzedakah as well. If you're accustomed to giving a certain amount of tzedakah every year, and you're accustomed to giving tzedakah in a certain schedule on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever it is, you should continue to do this. And spiritually speaking, there are two aspects to this. The aspect number one is that there's this idea of the city of God, which is is Malchus, which is the multiplicity of Malchus. So um, God is infinite and uh, and one and not multiple, right? But the the uh, the miracle of Malchus is that it allows for this one unified, indivisible God to become multiple multiple to go into to manifest the multiplicity into the multiplicity of our world. So when we give stuka on a regular basis multiple times this taps into this level of multiplicity and this allows the world to continue to receive nourishment and to be sustained in this way and the second aspect of tzedakah is this idea of giving a lot because when we give a lot of tzedakah this is where we're tapping into this idea of the accounting the spiritual accounting the great accounting which again is an allusion to God's malchus and this is the aspect of God's malchus which is associated with peace with this idea of unifying again the infinity with the finitude and through unifying the infinity with the finitude uh this uh, again uh, arouses God's malchus and it allows God to shower forth blessings onto us down here below so in short give lots of stucca and give it often and never diminish from your standard of what you gave only go higher never go lower so that's it for today and we will continue tomorrow when we begin the second to last epistle uh we're actually going to learn the entirety of the second to last epistle in this uh in the safer we've been learning of yerasa kodesh so we're nearing the end very very exciting very cool so stick with it and i will speak to you then